Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Countdown. All right. Five, four, three, two. Fragments of silicon reminding you that the show goes on even if you don't have your pants on. So welcome to not just any episode of Fragments of Silicon, but the last episode, at least of this year. Like, um, I suppose New Year's Eve pending, but um, last episode of re- you know, regular recording until the new year, because, um, shit, it's, what, five days till Christmas? Yep, today's the 20th. Jeez, the, it's coming up fast. I know. Yeah. Like... <laughs> How did this happen? How like, could this happen to me? All right, all right. No, 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 no. <laughs> Is that Simple Plan or Blink-182? I keep That's making those two plan. up. Okay. Yeah. I mean... They're interchangeable enough as it is. Yeah. I'm like, all the fucking Green Day rip-offs. <laughs> oh, duh. Green Day rip-offs. <laughs> yeah. Anyway... Um, so as you can tell, we're getting into the Christmas season spirit, I think. <laughs> like, certainly cold enough for it. Now, speak for yourself. It, it got warm here because of And course, I did give of myself. I went out for a blood donation today. <laughs> I guess you're starting the news then, Ogre. Yeah. All right. Also, Wait. that coin I flipped was a South Korean won. <laughs> a 100 won. <laughs> Did you ever ask why you have that? Uh, somebody try. I guess somebody tried to think it was cute that they could pay with a one, and now it's in my possession. <laughs> it's been in my possession for months, but uh, let's see. News-wise, uh, Doom is the main story is done. We're still working on the classic levels. So are they, like, actual levels? I didn't actually do any of those in Doom. Uh, it's the actual level. Ah. Like, they took, the, they took the level and just put the modern enemies in it. Huh. You still you still do, like, the 100 health thing, unless you find mm. a mega health, and whatever weapon's there is whatever weapon's there. Mm-hmm. The fun part is when they give you the chain gun, <laughs> and the difference between Doom chain gun and Doom chain gun. But, um, very profound. <laughs> it is profound. Mostly because one does like just the pathetic, the other one is like, 
this is a popcorn machine that's just chewing through every motherfucker in my sight. Mm-hmm. I remember the original Doom's chain gun. That's why I like the new Doom's chain gun. <laughs> God, it makes you feel like a sexual Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> really, dude? Out of every <laughs> reference you can make, you make that one. He had a chain gun. It was a mini gun, but it was a chain gun nonetheless. <laughs> And if it makes you feel better, I think he's the first one. He's like the first one of the group that gets killed by the predator in the ambush. Not the first one. There's another guy gets skinned. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's see. Working on something else for Christmas. It actually comes out on Christmas. Should be fun. Oh, another Let's Play-ish thing? Yeah, another Christmas thing. I'm like, uh, I know Let's because... see. Well, I picked up. Like, almost after the show, I just bought uh, Pokemon Red, Yellow, and Gold for the Virtual Console because I'm a filthy G1-er, I guess. <laughs> but also because the fact that those games are so broken, and now that I know it, I want to go back and break them. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. The only Pokemon you practically need is Tauros, Hyper Beam, Double Edge, Earthquake, and Blizzard, and boom, you've won the game. Hi. Ah, he lives. Yes, oh, I ran into a car accident on the way home. Huh. Oh, not no. me, not me, but traffic was backed up for about three miles. Jeez. Anyway. Yeah, I've been playing through that. I just kind of know. I honestly wanted to play through Generation One as is. And... Man. Have we grown as a society? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, generally clunky. Those games are garbage in comparison to anything past like Gen Four. Honestly, I found Gen Three ridiculously clunky, even compared to Gen Four. But um, uh, let's see. Anything? Anything else? Mm -hmm. Not much. Like I said earlier, I did a wasn't a blood donation. It was a platelet donation. Because I'm one of those lucky few that can donate platelets. Apparently they only take A positive blood, or it's like A blood, but it only has to be from men for some reason. I don't know. I don't argue. They just stick the needle in there and they take what they take, so. But, um, yeah, that's it for me. Just waiting on Christmas, and hopefully we're going to get some Christmas snow, if it knows what's good for it. Jesus. <laughs> That's right, I'm threatening the weather. What's it going to do to me? Global warming. Well, that should be <laughs> news there, Petty. Oh. Anyway, Petty, you're up. Um, I recently rented um, Horizon Zero Dawn. It's pretty alright. Like, I, I don't... it was pretty good. Yeah, like, I don't think it's, you know, game of the year like some people do, but it's not the worst game I've played this year. How far in are you? Uh, I met the secret guy. Well, the, the, the caller dude. Not, like, metaphysically, but we talked via the thing. The mm. focus. Um, let's see... I just ordered some Hue smart bulbs, so they'll be in tomorrow. 
So less expensive lighting stuff? It's technically a little more expensive, but I can control it with the smart speaker I have on my desk. Oh, they're not ones that are supposed to last for like 10 years? They are, but instead of like $3 a bulb, it's like... Um... It sounds uh, like... What? It sounds like the kind of product I should be seeing on the internet is shit. <laughs> it, it is, like, honestly... It's supposed to last 10 years, but you're supposed to upgrade every two years. Yeah. yeah. Like, honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that I got a um, free gift card for Amazon, I probably wouldn't have got them. Anyway, um, I think that's it on my end. I need to find my 3DS so I can go get Pokemon Crystal. That comes out January 26th. Yep. So I have time to find my 3DS. Yeah. Looking forward to that one. I never played Crystal. That was about yeah. the time I fell out of Pokemon. Anyway. Yeah, Crystal was my first Pokemon game, so... Anyway. Um, I think that's it for me, so next victim. Alex? Well, like I said, I'm late because I ran into a uh, car accident on the way home. Thankfully, I was not involved. Um... I am off from work this week and next week because uh, mostly because of a Christmas or a summer vacation I didn't end up taking. So I have plenty of time off. But it's winter. Right. I had time I had budgeted for that. But it's winter. Yes, it is. <laughs> is were those vacation days you had to use before the year ended? or Kind of. I'm still carrying some over, but... Uh, it would have been more than I could carry over, so. But, yeah, uh, and also I like having some time off around Christmas to do Christmas shopping and stuff, because I still have to do that. Obviously. Particularly, I'm trying to decide what my what to get my parents, because I want to get them something besides tea this year. <laughs> what kind of tea? Huh? What kind of tea? Uh, my mother likes a very specific kind of Earl Grey. Uh, from, what, Harney and Sons or something. And my dad likes different things, but... Yeah. So that's that's uh, on my agenda for this week, along with uh, trying to catch up on some games that I haven't had enough time to play, including the ones that we're looking at over the time that we're off. All right, uh, Twilight, you're up. Well, this past Saturday, I was struck down by stomach virus. Oh, boy. Yeah, so... Better than by lightning. <laughs> Not by much, though. <laughs> yeah, that, that was an awful Saturday. But, yeah, obviously well past that now. Um, well, besides that, um, I'm done with my Christmas shopping. Work's been alright. Been picking up as we get closer to Christmas. And, um. And, um. Not much else for this week, so. That's it for me. This is my go. Uh, well. The good news is I'm 
I think I'm just about over my um, upper respiratory uh, sickness. Believe me, I'm tired of the taste of cough syrup. Especially since, if you know what cough syrup tastes like. Yeah, I taste like delicious artificial grape flavor. I think I'm allergic to NyQuil, so if I take it, I just start throwing up. So, yeah. Uh, I haven't known, it hasn't always been NyQuil. It, sometimes it was Tylenol, mm. which, is, which is the only thing that tastes like uh, blue. <laughs> tastes like blue. Like, 10 brownie points if you get that reference. Anyway, um, let's see. Other than that, I solidified Christmas plans. Um, we're going to a Chinese buffet since uh, a friend of my mom's invited her to do that and asked if I wanted to come along. And I'm like, sure. They're paying, so... Uh, my brother's Christmas gift to me arrived the other day. Um, it's pants. Yay, Lit pants. <laughs> Are they nice pants? Or Are comfortable pants? pants? Uh -huh. you know, they're, they're jeans. Um, they're nice jeans, but they're jeans, so make of that what you will. Like, mm. um, waiting for my gift to me to arrive is a utility knife because I have because I open a lot more boxes than I realized. And I need, you know, a knife for that. Sometimes the Christmas gifts are on the practical. Right. Uh, let's see. And yeah, I think that's about it. Merrily we shall roll along to the interview portion of the broadcast. And joining us uh, once again is John Pickett of Manga Gamer. Hello, welcome. It's great to be back with you guys again. Always. Like, seriously, this is like, what, the parents 12, 13? Uh, like, is anyone even counting? Uh, we've been doing this almost two years now? Something like that. Like I said, I, I have to... We're at the point where I actually have to go back and count all the individual episodes to see where we are. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of um, mutual understanding at this point. Anyway, um, right, so the game we're talking about this time is called Mutiny, we, or um, Mutiny with two exclamation points. Um, apparently, a very urgent mutiny. <laughs> More like an excited one. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, the, the ship itself is called the Mutiny. Right. In the game. Is there a bounty on it? Uh, there's no bounty, but the entire crew is severely in debt. And that is sort of essentially the driving plot uh, once, we get going, once the game gets going, is that all this sort of mishmashed crew that has come together on this ship for various different reasons of their own. They're all kind of stuck here on this adventuring treasure hunting life because they owe someone a lot of money for the ship. And so that's like the plot of the game so far is basically going on the different adventures, 
to different realms and different regions to explore ruins and uncover and bring back the treasures so they can pay off this sword that's hanging over their throats. Yes. And also, um, like, well, the uh, main character is certainly interesting. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So. She's originally a prostitute. Yeah. Um, Like, starts out the game. And then through a almost literal set of wacky circumstances, um, she becomes a pirate captain. Or I guess, technically speaking, a treasure hunting captain. There's probably more overlap between those careers, like, historically than you'd think. Yeah. Well, they they joke about that in the beginning of this game, too, because it's like the original captain of the ship, like, wants it to be a pirate ship and wants to do pirating, and she's part of the reason why they're all in this crippling debt and escaping from the Navy and the debt is why she basically like throws her captain's hat and cloak and the bill of, and the right, you know, the writ of ownership for the ship to this random whore in the bar as she's trying to run from the law. Um, But of course no one on the crew is actually a very good pirate or even wants to do pirating. So that's sort of why they end up falling on treasure hunting. So it's like, because they, the, the main character goes and talks to the creditor and he, she sort of offers them the treasure, recommends the treasure hunting to them as basically the only way they're going to reasonably make payments. It's like piracy, except for the people you're taking the money from are either long dead or don't want it anymore. <laughs> Some are not as dead as you think. But well, that's, I'm, I'm talking about, like, the ideal. I know, I know. It, it, it's just, in actuality, um, yeah, it turns out some people are not so dead. Or, <laughs> hell, I, I really can't get into detail, uh, otherwise I'd spoil some shit. There are definitely some interesting encounters uh, along the adventures the crew goes. Mm-hmm. And I suppose we should talk about the other aspect of this game. Like, that is um, sex. There's lots and lots of it in this uh, particular release. Yes. Uh, Mutiny was originally designed... uh, It's meant to be an adult game. It's meant to be an enjoyable adult game. And it's been adapted for Steam. Um, And how much work did that take? Uh, adapting it to Steam was basically uh, cutting a few scenes, editing a few sprites. So it wasn't too much work to actually adapt it to Steam. Uh, and then getting the patches set up so that people can go on either our site, web, uh, mangagamer.com, or the studio's site, Lupesoft, uh, to get the free adult patches and put it back into the Steam version. Hmm. Yeah, I remember that Steam changed, like, some rules about that recently. So, as it stands right now with Steam and Adult Patches, uh, Adult Patches can exist, and you can, like, developers like myself and Lupisoft, we can tell people that Patches exist, but we can't do that on Steam itself. But 
at the same time, like if fans or anyone out there listening to the show right now decides to go on to the Steam forums and be like, hey, 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 here's the link. Here's where you can get the adult patch for this game. We're fine. Yeah. They might get in trouble with like, the community moderators, but it's not on your hands, right? Oh, I don't even think they get in trouble. It's it's just a weird situation yeah. right now. Yeah, Welcome I, to Steam. Like, I think that they want to be they want to not be responsible for it being available, but they also don't want to like keep people from releasing their games on their platform. I think. Yeah. So this way, they don't have any like actual that. like responsibility for it. Yeah, it's more of Steam's lazy, fair approach to, well, everything. I'd correct your pronunciation, but I assume that was intentional. Yes, that, that would be the <laughs> words. <laughs> anyway, um, um, right, so I'm going to think of how to articulate this. I. So exactly what do you get in the adult scenes? There we go. Uh, you get sex. You get female-on-female -female sex. You get female-on-fuda sex. You get sex with monster girls. Uh, one of the DLC that's already out now uh, adds roots for the moth, maid, moth girl maid on the ship and the sphinx girl that's on your ship. So you can choose them as your first mate and get their roots and their H scenes. Uh, there's a chameleon girl on the ship. Uh, there's a bear girl. There's a horse. Yeah, horse girl. And um, yeah, there's a spunky dog girl. There's a fairy. There's a drider. So <laughs> lots of lots of things there for fans of Monster Girls. Yeah, it's quite the range. Like, if you haven't and seen that, it. that's a pretty common, uh, or it's a it's a uh, audience that has sort of become popular lately. It seems like in the last few years, they've really been a lot of Monster Girl stuff. Uh, yeah, the Monster. I mean, Monster Girls have always been a thing, but I would say it has definitely sort of picked off and grown to a point where it can support more games. Uh, ever since, like, um, Monster Girl Encyclopedia was out, and then the Dojin game that derived a lot of uh, material from that, too. Monster Girl Quest, I think it was. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, and of course, you've got things like, well, Monster Mazamune. Yeah. Well, like, that was. I think that actually came after Monster Girl Encyclopedia in the Dojin game that sort of set things off. But yeah, that has definitely helped. That, that's one of the most popular. mainstream things that it's been. Yes, because that's one of the few that has actually had an anime and an English release and gotten around to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Like, I, did the manga ever get released over here? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's still being published and still being regularly put out what i thought like and yeah i'm like and these girls definitely venture on the um monster side of the equation uh, there's actually kind of a range of that like it, it's maybe not so much complicated as it is nuanced 
Well, I mean, I, I guess for to me, I mean, it's probably worth clearing up for people listening. That's like these are not what you would consider furry or anthropomorphic. They are still mostly human. The, hu- the, hu- sort of... the human bits are human. They just have bits that are not human. Right. Yeah. Like. So it's like the monster girl scale lies closer to like cat girls with the ears and tails than it does like your full on furry content. Or the sp- the spider people who are st- like centaurs, but yeah. spiders and centaurs are obviously centaurs and yeah. Well, um, the the term is drider. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, in du- yeah, from Dungeons and Dragons, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like. Um, anyway, so, oh, th- there's actually a lot to this game. There is. Yeah, um, I hear there's actual gameplay, which is something that not all visual novels have. Right, so there's a couple, there's a couple different gameplay segments to Mutiny. There's the, the ship battles that you, that occur generally during your transition from ruin to ruin or place to place, and... That's sort of, um, you, you basically have a series of options you can pick for like evade, brace for impact, shoot, uh, a couple combinations of that. And you have to try and choose the right ones uh, based on where the ships you're facing are so that you can get away with as little damage as possible. Uh, and if you make the wrong selections there, the ship takes a lot of damage and it increases your mutiny gauge. And so when you fail in the ship battles or the puzzles, the mutiny gauge itself builds. And if that fills up, the crew mutinies against you. And you get the mutiny end for whoever your first mate is. This is, as they say in the business, not a good thing. No. Um, And then the puzzles themselves, there's a couple right now. There's sort of a lights on puzzle or like a little key puzzle where you move tiles around and try and get the lights to connect so it's uh in that sense it's kind of similar to a lot of older adventure games i gotta admit i wasn't expecting uh that kind of puzzle here because i've literally never seen it in the original novel before like not saying that they don't exist yeah. it's just this is my first encounter with such, uh, such no. a thing no uh, it's definitely it's... worth noting and well also another thing that's interesting about mutiny is Mutiny is actually an original English language visual novel. Huh. So it's it's developed by, it was originally developed in English. This is not a translated title. The studio, uh, the lead, the head person for the studio is out on the West Coast. They have writers in America and England. And um, wow. the guy that runs the studio is also the main artist uh, for all the games that their studio puts out. But it's made in English, and so it doesn't have quite the doesn't have like the environment or the fan base or a lot of the stuff that you would expect like Japanese companies and visual novels to have starting out. So this is much so mutiny. It's much more like the American, the Eng- English uh, indie visual novel scene. And this particular title is probably the longest one they've produced to date. Um, what are some of the other works that they've uh, produced so far? Uh, so the first title 
that they published with us was Menagerie, which is another, it's really interesting title. Uh, it's set in uh, a world of, that they've created themselves for uh, one of their later games that's coming later, Dizzy Hearts. It's set in that world, but specifically it's set in this sort of uh, opulent desert town where the the wealthy are like the super rich, super elite ruling over it, and they have their own like high class harem brothel. And Menagerie itself follows the uh, heroines, the women that are in this brothel for these decadent, opulent, wealthy merchants here in the Arabian city. So it does a really good job of like looking at that, like the life of within a brothel, the life of the the different races that are gathered there, uh, and their interactions with the the men with each other. Uh, another game they've put out is on Steam is Reject Demon Toko, uh, and another one they released with us is the uh, sci pulp sci-fi. Yuri Mecha, The Stargazers. The title of the game is The Stargazers. Huh. But it's, yeah, it's designed, it's, it draws a lot of themes from old pulp science fiction and that kind of like epic space exploration. And all the characters are female and have some relations on the side. <laughs> yeah, I think we um, showcased The Stargazers previously. We did. Yeah. It was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Like, and um, so how long did it take for them to make Mutiny? Uh, so Mutiny was the, Mutiny is the game that they worked on uh, as soon as Stargazers was released. So it took them, uh, it was in development for a few months. And uh, now it's available in the form it's at. And they still have, they have plans to, there's a lot of plans that they've talked about and announced to further continue the story. So they have uh, DLC planned to add in routes for a couple of the, the crew members that can't be selected as your first mate right now. And there's also plans to add uh, new adventures that will be set sort of post-game uh, for the crew and to sort of tell their continuing story. As they and they plan to work, do the work, the continuing work for Mutiny alongside the uh, work they're doing right now to finish Dizzy Hearts. Interesting. And um, so, what what does it mean for one of the girls to become the first mate exactly? So, when you choose them as your first mate, uh, obviously that basically means you're designating them as your second in command. Uh, it, it's giving them a position of power and it's putting them, it's choosing that person to basically be in a position where they're a lot closer to uh, the main character, Grace, the, the main character, Grace. And so that uh, basically, so that increases her interactions with that character. Uh, like, for example, in the, one of the DLC with Elizabeth, the maid that sort of cooks and cleans and does all, a lot of the maintenance for the ship. Um, when you place her as first mate, 
Uh, they talk about how it's kind of an obvious choice because she already does so much on the ship and knows the crew so well. Um, but as you interact with her, you realize, like, okay, she's not actually really delegating things very much. She's very much a do-everything-myself kind of character, and you sort of push her to grow and expand out of over the course of your journeys uh, in that route. And, of course the different heroines have their own different sort of quirks or issues and their own different sort of growth and development when you choose them as your first mate. So it's more than just a simple, say, romance option. Right. Right. And um, so how long would you wager the game is um, just in its base format? I would say in its base format from start to... The end of a single route is probably about 10 to 15 hours. That's a fair amount. Yeah. And, that's and then, of course, route. yeah, that's just one route. So you have there's multiple different crew members. So there's a lot of different routes to play through. The, the main story itself with the treasure hunts doesn't change too much. Um, but I'd say you're probably still looking at 20, 30 hours at least. That's a goodly amount. Uh, and I see the price is $20 for the base game, which is about mid-tier. Like, yeah. Because um, yeah, it, it, for those who might be wondering, no, this doesn't have um, any sort of the higher production values. Uh, you know, n no insert song, no fully animated sequences from what I saw. Like, no voice acting, uh any of those no. um well again it's like again this is original it's original english visual novel so the the budgets and the demands and all that is much different than what a japanese visual novel is going to start out with there's not really a lot of like there's a lot of english fans aren't necessarily demanding english voice actors as much as say japanese fans and japanese players do um but the, the art is still very good, and I think that's one of the things that actually sets the studio's games apart. Mm -hmm. And they also oh. have a very nice soundtrack with it, too. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that the soundtrack is actually on sale, which is rarer for mm -hmm. original novels than you'd think. Yeah. Like, but, um, anyway... So, how many routes would you say there are, including the DLC, uh, currently? So, there's there's currently two character DLC. So, those add two routes. Um, that adds the Sphinx, Grosdana, and the Moth Maid, Elizabeth Margaret. Uh, and then in the base game, I believe there's the Dog Girl, Foo, the Bear Girl, the Chameleon, and I think uh, one or two more. So at least six or seven when you add the DLC. And um, is there sort of a roadmap of um, the DLC to be released? Like uh, how, how many more of these routes or um, whatever's are planned? So the right now they have announced uh, the next DLC planned is going to be the first uh, adventure that takes place after the game. And then the next 
DLC after that is a pair of two new character DLC. And then after that is going to be the second adventure DLC. Hmm. And are they all going to be the same price or are, are like the adventure DLC going to be more or less than the uh, character DLC? Uh, no price is set in stone yet since they're still in development but i believe the adventure dlc is likely to be uh slightly higher than one of the individual character dlc because it is going to have uh, more content like new story new characters mini games and other stuff like that is getting added with each of the dlc the adventure dlc hmm. sounds about right um so Turning away from mutiny uh, at this point um, to, well, something that uh, is going on right now as of this recording is um, the Humble Bundle. Like, so yeah. for those who don't know, Manga Gamer here is um, doing their first ever Humble Bundle. Yep. Uh, the Humble Bundle with the, in the, um, the charity that it's supporting is the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. Uh, something that's probably going to be very important in the coming years. <laughs> well, uh, I suppose the question that beckons is, what does this charity do exactly? So the the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund is, uh, a lot of people are familiar with it because they're the ones that basically defend the the free speech of and the rights for comics to cover different content. So... You know, like if someone wants, like, there's always talk about how, you know, does the First Amendment protect porn? And there's a whole obscenity clause in the laws that makes that such a gray area. And the the comic legal, comic book legal defense fund is one of the few charities out there that has actually sort of stepped up and helped people when they needed the legal defense to you know, prove that, like, owning and publishing the comics, you know, be it American manga, either way, that those are, that they're not harmful, that they're not, and that they shouldn't be condemned for enjoying, you know, something like Mutiny or, like, our upcoming release of Emoto Paradise or... Even just if you buy adult hentai from Faku or whoever. Uh huh. Right. Uh, and I suppose, uh, like, is there any particular case that they're fighting right now that has, you know, like direct bearing on this? Uh, I don't know if they have anything directly. Uh, right. Right. Well, um, still a worthy yeah. cause to fight for. Yeah, right? it's an it's an anti censorship. Uh, yeah. Charity, basically. They do a lot of ongoing work. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, moving forward, um, what exactly is in the bundle? So we have uh, in the bundle we have basically the full Higurashi series as it's released so far. So chapter one, two, three, four, and five are all available in the bundle. 
Uh, we also have uh, Kiss for the Petals, Remembering How, they, how We Met, uh, which is a pretty well-known uh, Yuri game. We also have uh, Minori's uh, Eden, which I think we've covered on the podcast here before. Uh, it's possible, like, yeah, not ringing a bell offhand, but I'm like, like I said, we, we, we've done so many of these, it, yeah. it, it kind of, it can slip the memory. Yeah, uh, Eden is a pretty epic story about a, about basically a girl, a genetically engineered girl that helped develop the science and the means for humanity to evacuate the Earth before it is ultimately destroyed and it follows her choice to remain there until its final moments. Um, and then also in the bundle we have the all ages version of Princess Evangile, which is one of our popular Moege, as well as the complete collection for Gogonipon. And uh, where's the um, Beat the Average currently? Uh, I believe, I, I know it's over $6, but I believe it's still under 7 at the moment. Yeah, it's six ninety four at time of recording. Like, I don't see that shifting too much because this bundle has actually been out for a bit, a uh, bit, uh, stretch of time. Uh, looking at the counter here, it, it's still got another week to go. Yeah, I'd say I might slip up to seven since there are a lot of good titles. Since, like I said, Evangile, uh, Princess Evangile is at the higher tier, which is uh, if you pay ten or more. So I imagine it might slip up a little bit as people continue to buy it for and pick up Princess Evangile. But I don't know about Love Kami, but the the other thing at that tier is at the ten dollar tier is the because the ten dollar tier the way this works is that's what drives the average up generally. Yeah. So, I guess the fifth part of Higurashi is there, so. Yeah, it's the the latest chapter of Higurashi is within the the $10 part, along with, like I said, uh, Princess Evangile, which normally retails for 35 Now, with the Humble Bundle, uh, did, all, did all of the releases have to conform to, say, Steam standards, or, you know, could you have done, you know, the adult stuff here? Um, it's, it's more popularity. The, the Humble Bundle wants hit titles. They want titles that have a lot of recognition and a lot of, so it's more that. Hmm. I can plus, see. Uh, plus Steam is usually the main, um, what's the fulfillment vector. Right. Yeah. Because we've done, I want to say we've done like sexy bundles in the past um maybe not necessarily with humble bundle but at least with we've done at least similar bundles that were more adult focused uh with someone before right like it, it's just yeah with the humble bundle they tend to these days they tend to like to have it tied to another store Usually Steam, but sometimes you know if it's an e, you know if it's an EA bundle, it's Origin. If it's an Ubisoft, you yeah. play. So that 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 doesn't surprise me. Like 
And um, how did this uh, Humble Bundle come about? Like, was this something you approached them, or is this something they approached you with? Uh, we approached them. We approached them and did a lot of the groundwork, laying out the the sale and the games that would be involved in it and the charity that would be a part of it. Um, we had to, we also had to approach uh, our partners that we worked with before on a couple things. The um, developer, basically the developers behind uh, If My Heart Had Wings and Love Climbing and that stuff. Uh, we approached them to, because we needed to get a few more titles to fill out the list. Uh, get Humble Bundle to approve the sale. Well, it seems that everything worked out uh, fairly well. Yeah, we've got it sold thousand. It's sold so many units already. It's great. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that it's a success. Definitely, uh, definitely. And I'd imagine um, this is the kind of thing that you would do again in the future. We certainly hope to be able to. Yeah. Yeah, according to the counter here, uh, over 50,000 uh, bundles have been sold. Mm-hmm. And, uh, right, so, shifting forward, uh, I suppose it's time to ask once again where the Higurashi series is in terms of releases. We are, our programmer is actually working on the sixth chapter now, and we, we do hope to have that out within the next few months. And how many more re uh, releases are there? Uh, so there's going to be, there's chapter 6, 7, 8. Uh, and then there's Higurashi Rei, which contains three chapters. Um, and then the extras that are actually part of Higurashi Ho, that I think contains two more stories on top of that. So still quite a bit. Yeah. Always astounds me how much Higurashi there is in the world. But uh, anyway, um, so finally, I, I guess um, we got some games that got released uh, like just in the last couple of days. Virus like, um, Ire DX. Yeah. So the yeah dice or I. Uh, was originally localized by the Japanese developer Light. Uh, they ran a Kickstarter for it way back that we uh, helped them with a little bit. And uh, they handled their own Steam release for that. So the, the Steam release for Dice Arai was all on them. And we have exclusivity on the adult release uh, for Dice Arai. So if anyone's looking for the adult content or and the full uncensored story for Dice Array, they can come to our website. Yeah. Dice Array is an interesting title. Yes, it has an anime that's uh, ending this season. It's this season it has an anime running. Right. And, um, yeah, I say interesting because, well, this involves Nazis. <laughs> oh, it's that show. Yes. There's <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. also lots of supernatural action and crazy fight scenes and exciting fun and adventure in that way too. Yeah, I'm like that. That's not the things I I heard about it. But like 
Everything about this particular title I heard had, you know, was pertaining to the Nazis. I think that might just be more the times we live in. Yeah, it's because that's topical. I, yeah, that's just yeah. It's, people are latching onto it because it's topical. I mean, at heart, it's a the sort yeah. of genre they in Japanese the genre is sort of like the chunibyo genre, and I would say it kind of fits pretty well into that. It's the the characters all have superpowers and there's some mystical bullshit going on in it. <laughs> yeah, the TV tropes has a term for this and it's called for some reason stupid jetpack Hitler. It or those. <laughs> I'm not even making that up. Or it's those. I believe wacky, it. Like or those wacky Nazis. You know, it it's the. These are um, all true names to these tropes here. I have seen them dozens <laughs> of times. Yes. Like, you know, it's basically, yeah, this isn't the historically accurate version of the Nazis. You know, still evil, but a lot more mystical bullshit. Yeah. Now, which does have its own historical um, precedence, but that, that is another story entirely. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah. um, there's, a different, there's a difference between actually historically being interested in mystical artifacts right. and actually historically wielding the power of mystical artifacts on the battlefields of Europe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then sometimes you get Conqueror of Shambhala, which was somehow bold. Anyway, um, you've also got this game called uh, Seabed that got released today, I believe. Uh, I believe it was, yeah, it's yesterday? Yeah. Uh, that one is, we're just, uh, for Seabed, we're just a retailer for it. Uh, that was localized by Fruitback Factory. Oh. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what the, uh, the orange juice people? Yes. Yes, exactly. I know recently we also uh, released uh, Heart of Crown, which we worked on with uh, Culture Select and Japanime Games. Uh, that is, Heart of Crown is available on our site as well as Steam, uh, and that's based on the actual tabletop card game Heart of Crown, uh, which is its own uh, deck building game with a uh, random market. Uh, and princesses that you nominate to sort of create your domain, and you can stock cards in your domain. There's a lot of fun rules that make it actually that make it a really fun card game to play. Alex, is that a thing you know? Uh, no, I don't think I've ever played that one. Huh. Oh. Um, something. I'll look, look it up though. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, what are you personally working on at this point? Um. Still the same project as always? Uh, yeah, I'm still on the same project as always. Uh, we had a lot of fun working on the uh, marketing and pushing out uh, our latest release for uh, Umineko Golden Fantasia, which was actually our very first fighting game that we have ever released. Uh, for those not familiar with it, uh, it is a, it's a tried-and-true fighting game based on the Umineko franchise. So it's all the characters from Umineko When They Cry uh, in a tag team fighting game. So there's a lot of mechanics based around uh, tagging out with your opponents and switching out, using that to build up combos and chain events. 
the main character that's out builds up the special gauge for the character that's waiting in the queue. They have like a shared health bar. Um, and one of the other unique mechanics in that fighting game is the ability to activate the meta world, which is a throwback to Umineko itself, where the characters basically like, the characters declare that this is how the world is. And so the stage itself changes to reflect that. And that lets them activate a lot of their special moves and extra special EX specials and things like that. Uh, your opponents can counter the meta world as well. And you can get into sort of a chain of counters on that until one person eventually gets it off. And is this the first non-visual novel project you've worked on or have been there others? Uh, it depends on whether or not you count the Rance series and the RPGs like that. I'm like, um, I'm not sure how to quantify it because, you know, yeah. yeah, clearly that was something you worked on, but I get the sense that was in a much more amateur capacity. Um, well, it's. So, like, the Ron series is a full-on RPG, and we did the our company did the localization for that, uh, and it's it's a full-on classic 3D dungeon crawling RPG. So there's a lot of gameplay and mechanics to that, and some people would call it an RPG, some people would call it a visual novel, because there's still a lot of story scenes, like the story scenes and the the sex scenes all sort of play out in visual novel format, even though it's an RPG. Um, but the Anumi Neko, again, like the story segments are done in the visual novel format, but you, you see that with other fighting games like Blood Flu and Guilty Gear. So it's much more the, um, fighting game did that a lot. Yeah. Right, so I think we're about coming to the end to this particular interview because um, we are running short on time. Um, just very quickly, uh, what are some of the other things coming from Manga Gamer in the coming months ahead? So in two days, this Friday, we have uh, Emoto Paradise 2 being released. Um, so if any of your fans of Little Sisters, definitely check that out. Uh, we also have... We're looking to, coming up, we're looking at, uh, like I said, Hirashi 6, we're looking to re hopefully release soon. Uh, Returnia, the Spirit Master Returnia, which is going to be another adult 3D dungeon crawler, we're looking to release soon. We also have Sorcery Jokers, uh, which is our next Chuni title. That's going to be coming out January 12th uh, on our website and on Steam. Uh, and also, right now, we're currently uh, hosting our Christmas sale, and that ends this Friday as well. We've got a couple of different titles uh, that are marked down up to 60% off, so it's definitely worth uh, visiting our website, checking those out, and getting some hot, fun, sexy adult titles. Uh, and then, obviously, Steam sale coming soon. Right. <laughs> Probably next week. Yeah, I was about to say, right. Steam sale could no, be sometime... They're fairly predictable at this point. Anyway, um, so, uh, finally, I'd like to have you on the show again in March. Uh, catch up, you know, uh, March yeah. 7th. Right? Sounds good. 
right. And, you know, until then, uh, good luck with everything. Uh, hopefully you have a good Christmas. and uh, You too. New Year. Yeah, so the game is... And a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone listening, too. Indeed. So the game is Mutiny. It's available on Steam and um, MangaGamer.com uh, for $20. And uh, let me see. The, there, the DLC prices are um, for the bonus routes, uh, th- uh, $2.99 each, and the soundtrack is $4.99. Um, a total of $11.00. Yeah, and uh, you can get the you can get if you're, if you're buying it from us on our website, you can get the uh, bundle pack that's the soundtrack and the two character DLC for about nine dollars right now because it's on sale on our site. Okay, um, so Petty Fan, play us to the next section. Um, welcome to the final topic of discussion for 2017, and um, as it turns out, this particular topic is very timely. <laughs> we are talking about um, player unknowns, battlegrounds, or Galaxy's game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll to clarify, a- I don't actually have anything against this game. What I have against is games that haven't actually even been released yet being nominated for game of the year. So, on that note, uh, as it turns out, PUBG is about to be released. Or at least, it's getting its formal 1.0 release candidates in about um, two hours now. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like at the stroke of midnight, 1.0 comes out. At least the for the PC. Like, I think the Xbox uh, One version is already out. Although... Um, <laughs> The, the, the Xbox One version is a um, janky pile of shit, and we'll get to that in a bit. But if you've somehow been under a rock this year and don't know what um, PUBG is, um, first of all, you know, welcome to the modern world. I'm so, so sorry. Like, uh, but anyway, so Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is what they call a battle royale game. Like, um, yeah, so it's inspired from the film Battle Royale, and basically the premise here is you are one out of a hundred people who have been dropped on an island, and your goal is to basically become the sole survivor, you know, and you do it, you know, you kill your opponents, you, you know, using either traps or weapons or what have you. You know, if you want, it's also the Hunger Games. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and I, mean, I guess the, it's, the story is mostly in the background, isn't it? The game is pretty much pick up and play. They don't really go into any yeah, plot it, it, stuff. Yeah, there it's, is no plot. Yeah. What I described there, that's just the basic framework that, that you know, gives you your setting. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, there's no single-player mode at all. If you want to play the game, you have to go online. Like, I don't even think there is any bot matches. And the setup is just you randomly spawn at a random location in a semi-randomly generated world. Actually, you jump out of a plane. Oh. 
Mm-hmm. You basically jump out, pick your drop point. Like you will actually parachute oh, you, down. You some control over it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You jump out, parachute down. Like the the angle that the plane takes is random, but you can jump out and glide to almost anywhere. Yeah, and then you have to find tools and weapons and stuff. And uh, eventually, there's a force field circle that starts shrinking, mm-hmm. and uh, to force people closer together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, and yeah, um, this isn't the first one of these games by any means. That's actually more relevant than you think because um, I'm not sure if it's a controversy, but um, the what's um, Brandon Green or uh, Brendan Green, actually, uh, I believe that's how that's pronounced. Um, and, you know, what the PUBG Corporation have said about um, imitators is really interesting. <laughs> you know, considering um, PUBG here is built off of um, the back of other games. Specifically, um, the Battle Royale game mode comes from Arma. That's a lot of the, mm-hmm. you know, and H1Z1. And yeah, these two games have served served as the backbones of a lot of um, modern trends. You know, and the reason you know we are talking about um, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds specifically is because um, this has just become a massive world-crushing success because of particularly nope. well-designed play experiences. Mostly, it seems like. Right, and just random blind luck. Mm. You know, it, 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 it's not a game that was ever predicted to, you know, sell 25 million copies. Before it was even officially released. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, and that's why it's be, that's why Microsoft has been, you know, giving it the rocket push out the door treatment. Um, for the holidays, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a, you know, it's one of the hottest games around, bar none. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's just a simple fact. It surpassed League of Legends on Twitch. Uh-huh. It's that hasn't, on- I was about to say, that hasn't happened since Twitch was made. It, it's bigger than um, anything. Uh, literally. I'm like, uh, on Steam, three million concurrent users. By far the biggest game by player base currently. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, this is the it game. It's got a level of success not seen since arguably Minecraft. Mm-hmm. And even it shoots above Minecraft. Well, it's it's kind of hard to. Um, delineate further than sales because, first of all, yeah, Minecraft still has more sales, but I'm ta- just talking about the levels of popularity. You know, Minecraft, you know, is is not really a multiplayer first game. Yeah. You know, it can be a multiplayer game. I get that, but you know, Minecraft is also a single player game. PUBG is not. It, it is up there with you know League of Legends and Dota two. And what have you, Counter Strike, all the other um, legends of multiplayer. 
you know, in terms of sales and user base. Usability, not so much. Because, as I mentioned, yeah, we're getting our 1.0, like, in a few hours. So it spent the past nine, ten months as an early access title. And if you know how early access titles go, especially um, early access titles this um, complicated. You know, th this is a fully 3D game and everything. And um, the actual, like, uh, PUBG team isn't, you know, isn't that all that big? Or, you know, wasn't all that big. The point is, a lot of jank. You know, it's an early access game that played like an early access game. You know. And that's the case on the Xbox One. I'm not sure if that's full release or if that's uh, still early access there, but um, don't buy the Xbox One version. <laughs> like, uh, Well, until they fix it. I was about to say, unless you have an Xbox One X, because the frame rate is just absolutely garbage. Yeah, from what I've heard, the PC version also has been having optimization issues. Yeah. Like, that's not surprising. Like, we'll see how stable the 1.0 goes, but it wouldn't surprise me that even in, you know, 1.0, it, it's still going to be a janky mess. Yeah. Like, because the... Yeah, I would know about 1.0s being janky messes. Because, <laughs> like, there have been some really broken glitches before 1.0's release. Like, people could see through buildings, you know, cars were trapped in the map and stuff like that. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Like... And I suppose to also address why this game is coming out on the Xbox One first, well, there's a couple reasons. One, Microsoft kind of uh, not so much grabbed it, but they're assisting in the development of the game. Also, um, Xbox One really needs something exclusive because... <laughs> well, it's also... The, the Xbox One actually has an early release program. PlayStation 4 does not. Mm. So, just by default... Um, yeah, the Xbox One gets probably its biggest exclusive um, in a while, like since like Halo Five. Or yeah, because like, after Halo Five is when they started launching games on PC. So yeah, like and you know, from everything I've read, they absolutely intend to release this game on the PlayStation Four at some point. Yeah. It's just, you know, they haven't acquired the resources to do that yet, and Sony doesn't really do the early access thing at this time. That may change, like, and... If, if they start needing something to be a reason to put stuff on. Right. The point is... Uh, PlayStation 4 and a PlayStation 4 Pro version um, will happen. Like, this is a timed exclusive. I'm like, maybe even a de facto time exclusive because they've never been exact. It's one of those, they've been purposely vague about the um, release situation, probably for contractual obligations. Yeah. 
I imagine it's going to be out in like the next six months to a year. That'd be pretty standard. Of course, uh, PlayStation owners are not happy with this situation, but I'm like, so the wheel of business turns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, as far as Switch version, um, I I doubt that's happening, just because probably, of the always online needs. Well, uh, probably not in a, in the form we got here, but. Um, so the thing about Player Unknown Battlegrounds is it's not just a single game anymore. It's already a franchise. And you might be asking, how could that be? Um, and the answer is, um, mobile game spinoffs. Um, oh, fuck, those exist, don't they? Um, uh, let me check if they actually exist, but I do know they are being made. Like, um, there are two mobile games being made for the Chinese market. Because, um, that's another thing. Um, this game absolutely exploded in China. Oh, yeah. Like, like, because of this game alone, there are now more, um, like, uh, like, Steam users in China than anywhere. Yeah. Now, it... It... (laughs) And this is why it's getting two mobile games. Because mobile games are very big in China as well. Yeah, China, Japan, they love their mobile games. Yes. Uh, I'm like, uh, let's see. What do they got? Yeah, uh, let's see. Two uh, PUBG mobile games have been announced, but they're only going to be available in China. Chinese internet giant, uh, giant Tencent is behind both of the games, with its Timmy Studio making one that adds naval battles. The other one is being made by... Um, Lightspeed and Quantum Studio, and it looks like it's closer to the standard PC version. Mm. I'm like, and we can assume that they're going to have microtransactions, free-to-play, and, you know, they're going to be pretty typical mobile game experiences, especially if it's being aimed for the Chinese market. Yeah, they the go to milk this son of a bitch. like, cosmetic outfits and stuff. Loot boxes, most likely. Mm-hmm. Right, but the loot boxes would be for outfit pieces. I think that's what they have in the yeah, version currently. we could probably yeah, get to I, that at some point. The the reason yeah. why I say that is because the gameplay design of the game is extremely uh, even-handed, assume, I mean, or like it's random, but everybody starts out with nothing. Mm-hmm. Right, and, you, and can't, you can't like unlock the ability to find a better thing in the first building you find. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, basically, you just drop in with a clothes on your back and a parachute. Godspeed. Good luck. Yeah. And of course, this game is, uh, you know, the PC game is not spared the scourge of loot boxes. Like, oh, God, you know, with a player base this big, like, of course, there'd be loot boxes. And this is honestly the kind of loot boxes I hate the most because you like, get them through play, but you can't unlock them unless you pay for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't mind Overwatch's loot boxes as much because you, they gave them to you free for, you know, just playing. So this is you literally have to play to earn the privilege of paying for loot box items. Yep. Yeah, that's a pretty... And uh, I also heard that they are also, like, you're unlocking outfit bits, but, like, each outfit is four things. If you So if you want a matching... Matching set, good luck. 
Mm-hmm. Or is that a different game? It's this game. Yeah, I thought also, so. Also, one thing about um, clothes in general in PUBG is they affect how much ammo you can carry. So if you're oh. dumb, if you're brand new to the game, then you have nothing on your back, and you can't carry as much bullets as someone who's more experienced and you know has paid money to buy a bunch of loot boxes. I mean that makes sense, like mechanically, but like, but also, yeah. uh, not a good like game mechanic. It, like it you makes can still of, like, find physics. Yeah, you can still find clothes like littered about the ground, but you don't keep those if you die or win. Yeah, um, like basically the loot box situation uh, in PUBG is among the worst. Mm-hmm. It's just you know clearly Jim Sterling doesn't give a shit about PUBG, which is why he hasn't railed about it. Yeah, I thought I thought he did do one on that. I th- anyway, I think that was might have been touched on in his recent you know yeah. loot box rants or one of them. Yeah, but you know he didn't really single out PUBG. Like surprisingly, he hasn't really talked about PUBG at all. I think this year. I think he, I yeah. think he mentioned he just doesn't like it. That, that's what I'm thinking because I'm like, yeah, it was in the it's just cosmetic thing. Although yeah. in this case, he didn't mention that it's not cosmetic or that you have to that you like earn them. And the game tells you, hey, uh, you haven't spent the money you need to take advantage of these things we gave you yet, which is yeah. very insidious. Anyway, um, loot boxes aside, so, yeah, PUBG is a, you know, burgeoning franchise at this point, and, you know, the developer, um, well, now it's officially listed as the PUBG Corporation, but it's actually a Korean developer called Blue Hole. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, they spun off PUBG as his own thing for tax reasons. Yeah. Um... Kind of reminds me of what um, Nintendo did with Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Pokemon company is very second party. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just easier to make the entire venture its own thing. And, um, interesting, interestingly enough, the, pre, you know, the actual player unknown... Um, yeah, Brendan Green is not Korean. He is an Irishman. I would never have guessed that he was not Korean with a name like Brendan Green. I'm kidding. I'm like... It's a pretty Irish name. (laughs) But people really don't know the Brendan Green part, but the player unknown part. Uh And, you know, of course, since this game became, you know, like the biggest thing in the universe, uh... You know, companies have been trying to buy out, um, pub, you know, PUBG and Blue Hole, like, because, mm-hmm. you know, they want the game. Yeah. They want you know, a game that's currently printing piles of money. Yeah, it's like, you know. Yeah, I, it's, it's I, one of those things where, sure, it's okay that you want to buy that out, but I don't think you have the, I don't think you have enough money for that. Well, <laughs> considering who, who we're talking about, actually, they do. I'm like, you know, Microsoft... Uh, wants them, uh, Tencent wants yeah. them. And For those of you who don't know who Tencent is, they own Riot. Oh god, they, they own Supercell? They, mm-hmm. they are... Like, they they got the scratch to buy Player Unknown. Yeah, I'm like, 
yeah, they, they are very, very big. Let's just say that. They they actually might be the biggest video game company out there. Mm-hmm. Like, and keep in mind, that's just the video game size. You know, Tencent is actually a big, you know, huge conglomerate with a yeah. lot of hands and a lot of pies. Yeah, they're a, they're a very Asian company. Yeah. Like, so... You've got, uh, you know, and it wouldn't surprise me if, like, Sony has made a um, bid purchase towards them, you know, and others like, you know, EA, Ubisoft. You know, you know, I'm sure all the giants want this because, of course, they do. It prints fat stacks of money who wouldn't want this. Mm-hmm. Like, and so far they've resisted the call to uh, sell out, like... Who knows how long that will last? It's, yeah, it's well. That that was kind of the argument that I was making with the don't have the money thing. Is that when something is making a lot of money for the foreseeable future, to make an offer on that, it has to like. Well, I mean, you, you mind, have to, it has to be enough that you're willing to take more now than you expect to get later. Well, I mean, keep in mind Microsoft. Yeah, you know, no, no, I know they technically do. No, I mean. They did this very thing. They paid $2 billion for fucking Minecraft. Mm-hmm. And they thought that was a reasonable price. This is the kind of thing that the, uh, that I could absolutely see them doing. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, getting back to the whole Battle Royale, um, I hesitate to use the word controversy, but yeah, so... Um, Recently, I think in the past couple of days, like um, uh, Brandon Green lamented um, Fortnite um, because you know I don't know if you've noticed, but you know because this thing is mega popular, of course people are going to be cloning the shit out of it. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you know, that's just how software works. Yeah, but I'm like, you know, they are complaining about the the copycat. Which is very ironic because, once again, this game in, in and of itself is a fucking copycat. You know, it, it's got its lineage in H1Z1 and Arma. You know, yeah, and, and of note, Fortnite is from the people who they're licensing their tech from. Right. It's an Unreal 4 game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can understand their concern because... Um, uh, you know, nobody's obvi- obviously nobody's eating their lunch yet, but um, you know, um, Fortnite Battle Royale mode is actually pretty popular. You know, especially since you know it's multiplayer or a multi-format. Um, the PlayStation Four owners are being served this particular game style with Fortnite, not uh, PUBG. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously that might be a lot lost market share and all that shit mm-hmm. but here's the thing like you know they wish they you know they want to own the copyright on the play style and that's just not a thing that happened you yeah, want to no, talk that's... to capcom about that they tried that with mega man and street fighter and failed yeah a play style is conclusively on a legal basis not copyrightable no like Maybe the most you can get is a specific game mechanic, like um, when Namco owned the the actual patent to 
you know, play games during loading screens. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, to be able to claim exclusive domain over the Battle Royale play style is just not a thing that would ever stand up in court. Like, maybe if they were the first ones to do it and they didn't pull it from, like, you know, Arma and whatnot, maybe... Yeah, this but might be since a there are of ideas, but yeah, but since they are already copycats, no. Right. But like I said, I get it. I get why they're concerned because um, this is a play style that's not exactly hard to, um, you know, hard to lock down. Like you know, we've already got a, another popular game, and it's a mode. Like, you're probably going to see, an, you know, like a Battle Royale mode in everything um, in the next few years. Mm -hmm. You know, every fucking third-person shooter, first-person shooter, you know, down to your maybe Minecraft clones. I think the biggest issue you'll see with that kind of thing is it's going to be in things that, you know, don't mind running a dedicated, uh, okay, 100 people at once in a match uh, servers. Right. Yeah, because like... Yeah. Um, back in the day, Battlefield used to have stuff like that. You know. Oh, no, it will still be done. I'm just saying not everyone is going to want to yeah. run that kind of... It doesn't necessarily have to be 100 people, though. Yeah. They could scale that down. Or, you know... And, you know, here's the thing. Um, the more proliferation you get, the more variance you get. You know... It's basically a um, weird form of natural selection, <laughs> um, genetic diversity. You know, the, the more of these things that pro propagate, the more variants you're going to get because um, you got to make your shit stand out somehow. You know, this this is a thing that goes all the way back to you know the great Pong clone explosion. You know, where um, maybe it was just simply twisting the. Um, the um, pong paddles, uh, ver you know, from the horizontal to the vertical, or you know, having four of them, or mm -hmm. you know, having them invisible, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, it's like whatever you, you know, or changing the graphics entirely. Now, changing the color back in the day. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's not necessarily the you know big changes, but I'm um, like, this is also how you know, pong evolved into um, breakouts mm -hmm. and you know breakout evolved into arkanoid and all that stuff you know that's gonna that's gonna be what happens with the battle royale thing yeah if um like atari locked down pong entirely we wouldn't have arkanoid today well i mean here's the thing pong in its, of itself is a ripoff mm -hmm. like pong was stolen from ralph bear's tennis for two yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, if yeah, they I, wanted to lock it down like um, Blue Hole is doing, wants well, to do with Player Unknown, then... There's actually an interesting story about that, but that's kind of outside the scope of this, right? Yeah. Or actually, I suppose I can tell the story. Actually, um, I do think uh, Magnavox had the patent to Pong, basically. But, and, you know, when they found out that Pong existed, and um, guess what? They, they found out 
um, that um, Nolan Bushnell ripped off the concept because they found his name in the fucking registry where they were demoing the uh, the game. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, so like he, si he signed in when he was doing this. Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, here's what Magnavox dem uh, demanded. A one-off payment. You know, and wasn't that big. Guess who got the better end of the deal on that? <laughs> like, Atari. Like, that's kind of where that's kind of where the this thing could have actually occurred. Back in the literal primordia of video gaming. Here, no fucking chance. Yeah, yeah. This, there's nothing in this. There's no individual part of this game that is really particularly unique. Maybe the you know jumping out of the plane to pick where you're actually going to start fighting, but that's about it. Right. At any rate, we got to wrap this conversation up because it's uh, a little past ten thirty, and we've got another show to prepare for. Mm -hmm. yeah. Indeed, um, that will conclude our regular broadcasts. Uh, 2017 doesn't mean that much since it's the 20th so we'll be back in about two weeks and we might be doing something for New Year's um, I think we're still on the fence on that mm -hmm. probably solidify that after Christmas uh, just you know, watch the social media channels yeah I'll try and put something up in the Steam group and in the Discord like um but on that note, coming up on the season finale of Moonhawk Studios Presents, Galax, take it away. Uh, we have Rick Desilets and John Selig, assuming that John accepts my Skype contact request, of the D-Pad, who are a Let's Play group on YouTube and also do a few other things, but mostly uh, the Let's Plays, and they're pretty prolific uh, in a fairly short amount of time honestly and they do lots right now they're doing a lot of nintendo things and they're doing a lot of things where they're basically going through particular series doing like all of the games in order to sort of look at them in relation to each other and what are they doing now uh right now they're on what mega man zero four in their mega man thing uh they're in between sonic games uh they're playing super mario odyssey uh, and then on the weekends, they're playing Mega Man Battle Network 4.5 when they can. That game is a pain in the ass to play. I think currently their uh, Retron is on, like because they need to get the clock to advance for like five days before they can before you can do the next <laughs> next event in the game because that game is a uh, it's a weird game. I it is. It, it's it's a it's a real life progression it's basically if you know anything about Mega Man Battle Network it's you get to pretend to have an actual Navi and do adventures on the net at times based on like real world time so yeah alright and on that note um, this concludes Fragments of Silicon have a, you know, have a happy holiday you know, a festive new year and we'll see you, you know, in 2018 until then, I wish you good gaming.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.